Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, and this is from pathwaytohappiness.com. I'm changing the intro or, or giving an intro to the intro of this podcast. Uh, it's one of the, I think, the first one I did, actually. It's about feeling not good enough, and a lot of people have responded to it. But I want to share a point or two about this. The process I describe, the mental gymnastics that I go through, that I explain in this podcast, might take a person to believe that if they listen to this and they saw their not good enough belief, their not good enough story with some clarity, that they could also make the shift that I made in my perspective and in how I felt about myself. What this podcast doesn't mention and what I want to include here is that I made this discovery upon this agreement, this belief that I'm not good enough, two years into my work. And so when I happened upon it, I had been doing a lot of exercises and practices and mindfulness and dismantling beliefs so that when I happened upon this agreement, I had some skills to work through it to see the underlying assumptions and agreements, other beliefs that supported it, the distractions that would take me off track and to avoid those, and to dissect this belief and break it down and step out of it. And so I was able to do that. Even then, it took me a few days before you could say my breakthrough happened. I'd also, in that time, dismantled a lot of the supporting beliefs that intertwined with it. So that when I got to this one, it was a lot cleaner. I had cut away a lot of the branches and the spokes of the wheels, so to speak, so I can get to the trunk or the core hub of this agreement. And that made this process a lot easier because I'd done that work to build up to it. Because you listen to this and you follow my mental process does not mean that you are going to do the same thing in your process in your mind of how you change that belief or perspective about that belief. You are not necessarily going to get the same emotional shift. What I'm pointing to in this process is kind of the the jujitsu mental gymnastics that it sometimes takes, the layers that you might find, sorting through the layers in the mind. And if you want to learn those skills and be able to do that, then practice is necessary. It's one thing to see... Uh, a dance instructor do a move out on the floor and say, oh, that's how you do it. It's another thing to make your body go move that way and make it look fluid. And that's where practice comes in. And that practice and those exercises to prepare you to make those kind of shifts, um, which I think you can make much faster than I did in my whole process. You can find those exercises and practices both in my book, MindWorks, Practical Guide for Changing Thoughts, Beliefs, and Emotional Reactions, and in deeper form on my website in my self-mastery course at pathwaytohappiness.com. So with that in mind, here's the podcast about not feeling good enough and exploring that core belief. Hi, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, and I wanted to share a little story about myself. Uh, about my experience with not being good enough. had some insecurities, and it seemed to plague me much of my life, although most of my life I was unaware of it. 
think this story relates to what a lot of people experience. It's how I came face to face with my feeling not good enough story and how that shifted for me should give you an idea of the kind of process I went through and the kind of thing you can do to change some core beliefs. I was on a trip. I was with a friend. We sat down to have lunch, and at the lunch table, while we were waiting for our order, there was a little puzzle game you could play to pass the time. And so I immediately grabbed for it, and I started working away at this little puzzle where you had to move things around on a board, make the picture come out the way it was supposed to come out. And I'm going at it, and my friend says to me, you're mighty attached to that, aren't you? And I automatically, and when I say automatically, I mean automatically, without a conscious choice, said, oh yeah, I love puzzles. And he just kind of nodded his head, and he let it hang there. And I became aware of what I said. I became aware of what I felt. And I stopped playing the puzzle, and I had it there in my hand, and I thought about putting it down. It's like, do I have the choice to put this down? And I could feel it pulling on me. And not so much it pulling on me, but me just having this feeling of attraction to it. And it was more than just a love of puzzles. It was a need to solve this thing. A need that something would be missing if I put this down and let it sit there. My mind would, you know, be bothered by this. I was like, okay, this is not really a choice anymore. This is a, a need. And so I sat there with it and I put the puzzle down in front of me, not off to the side. And I just felt that emotion, that attachment, that need, that desire to solve it. And I noticed that my choice was being taken away. I wasn't free to put it down. I wasn't free to let it go. This bothered me. And so what I began to do over the next several days was follow that feeling. Where did I learn this habit of solving puzzles? And I shifted and I realized it wasn't just puzzles to solve. It was problems to solve. Where did this habit of problem solving and a need to solve problems come from? I went back to my most recent experience. And I could see that feeling of needing to solve a problem when I was in the Navy running nuclear power plants. I was solving the engineering side of operating a nuclear power plant. And that feeling, that need to get that thing done, to get those problems solved, was there every day. How will we accomplish this? Can we get it done by the scheduled date? How will we get it done by the scheduled date? I also noticed the feeling of when it wasn't getting solved. And that was an unpleasant feeling. So I went back to where did I learn that pattern that I had to solve it? And the uncomfortable feeling of not solving it. Well, I started solving engineering problems in college. And I saw that same feeling, those two feelings of loving to get the answer and fear and anxiety and uneasiness at not getting the answer. Because that was the feeling of putting that puzzle aside. That was an uneasiness of leaving it unsolved. Well, 
I went back further. Before college, I was solving problems in high school. Math class. How do you get the right answer? Science, physics. I followed that feeling back. That joy, that love of solving the situation, the success, and the anxiety and uneasiness at not getting it done. Back to grade school, probably about the first grade, I could see a vision in my memory of walking up to a chart on the wall where everybody's name was there and all the gold stars were posted. And I was comparing myself based on a self-image depending on how many gold stars were on that chart. If there were more gold stars by my name than anybody else's, I was the winner. I was good enough. And if I didn't have enough gold stars, if somebody else was ahead of me, I remember that feeling. That anxiety, that ugh. Feeling defeated. Specifically feeling not good enough. I didn't have a name for it then. I just know I didn't like it. It was icky. Today I'd call that feeling not good enough. And I looked at what I did in my life to try and overcome and get rid of that feeling. Grades in high school and having to take college and taking college and working hard to get good grades to so that I could feel better about myself. I then getting in a job where I had to solve even bigger problems so I could continue to feel better about myself until I was running nuclear engineering plants, and I was often working over 100 hours a week, trying to deliver to my boss and bosses to where they would give me effectively that gold star so that I could then feel good enough about myself and placate or step away from this feeling of not being good enough that was chasing me from behind. I remember priding myself in college on being an engineering major and telling myself that it was tougher and that I was learning more than people who were studying, you know, communication or marketing or some general education and building a self-image up in my mind. Maybe they help rationalize feeling better about working so hard to get through classes and not having any free time and not enjoying it the way other people were partying and playing so that I could feel better about myself and then doing the same thing in the Navy working 100 plus hours a week these are the stories I told myself to feel better that somehow I had proven something about myself that I had more gold stars than other people because of it therefore I would create a better self image of myself and in that way feel better about myself because I had this more positive self-image. What I didn't realize was I'd never dissolve that other one. The low self-esteem, not good enough self-image. The one that was uncomfortable putting the puzzle aside or not solving the problem because it meant something about me not being good enough. I was running away from that image because I was really running away from feeling that feeling that came with that image and believing that's what I was. 
Mind you, realizing all this and seeing the history of how these two self-images had pushed me or influenced me in this direction of my life turned me into maybe one would call it a workaholic. Although when you're in the military, you don't get a lot of choice about your hours. So I didn't have a lot of options about leaving. And for the most part, I enjoyed it. Had I seen this dynamic and realized why I was doing it, I may not have made the same choice. I would have found other ways to feel better about myself instead of working 100 hours a week to do so. So after a few days of tracking all this and realizing the history of these two self-images that were in contradiction and how my choices in life were influenced by these kind of self-images and the emotions behind them that I didn't even see were affecting me. I shared with my friend, I said, I believe I'm not good enough. I've been trying all my life to prove and get the gold stars and get the grades and get the accolades and recognition from my boss to prove that I'm good enough in order to compensate and overcome this belief I have that I'm not good enough, that this not good enough self-image is there and I'm trying to break it by building a different one. But after all this time, I still have that not good enough self-image. I believe I'm not good enough. And my friend, who had studied way too much Jungian psychology at that point, gave me the advice not to go jump on the other horn of duality and ride the bull from there. And me, who wasn't that bright, had to ask him what the heck he meant by that. And he basically explained to me, you're trying to shatter that image of being not good enough by creating a one where you are good enough, as if that will somehow discount this other belief. It's like, it doesn't make the other one go away. I'm like, give me a practical understanding of this. And he asked the question, what do you have to do to be good enough? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I didn't know I had this problem until now. I thought about being an astronaut. Because that was the cool childhood dream of like, really making it. Success. Hero. And I imagined myself as an astronaut, and I could see that there would still be a voice in my head that said, uh-uh, you haven't made it. You aren't good enough. Because of that, somebody else maybe flew faster or higher or farther, and maybe I hadn't done something else in my life. I'd find some reason to come up with why I wasn't a total success and had made it by then. And he took that and he said, well, what if you're a doctor and you save lives? And I could imagine that and I could still imagine at the same time that there would be that voice in my head that would bring about this feeling of not being good enough. And he said, what if you could heal the sick? What if you came up with a cure for cancer? And I could imagine coming up with a cure for cancer and that voice in my head would still come up with, I should have come up with it sooner. I should have made one that's cheaper and less expensive so that it can reach more people. There was still that voice in my head of all the things I should have done. There is some higher standard to reach in order to feel good enough. And even if I came up with a cure for cancer, the bar would be raised higher and I wouldn't reach it. 
So I would still, therefore, be not good enough according to that voice in my head. I'm like, holy smoke. This is a tough one to break. He's like, this is like jumping on the horn of duality. You're trying to break one agreement by creating one in opposition to it. And that doesn't do it. Then he threw the zinger at me. He said, was Christ good enough? I'm like, oh boy. And here's a man of faith, of love, cures the sick, raises the dead. And he left the world in suffering. Did he fail? People are still unhappy. People are still killing each other. People still are sinning in however you want to describe that. There's still suffering in the world. Did he fail? And if he failed, was he good enough? And was that what he was supposed to succeed at anyways? But I saw my mind putting a standard on good enough of Christ would have succeeded and he would have been good enough if the whole world was happy and, in, and unconditionally loving from his teachings. I'm like, saw my mind putting that criteria on Christ and going, wow, by that standard that my mind wants to project, it would come up with him as a failure for not having completed this task that I imagined and concluding Christ wasn't good enough. But somehow I could see the dream of Christ and being unconditionally loving and I'm like, I can't apply that not good enough story to him. But I saw what the mind was doing. I saw what it was doing to me. It had created this image of perfection of what I had to be. And no matter what I was, you know, gold stars in grade school and running nuclear power plants, it kept raising the bar. And whatever I achieved, by then it raised the bar higher. So I sat with this dilemma of how I was trying to chase these ghosts of this image of perfection to become that in order to feel good enough so this other not good enough feeling unworthy dream would finally go away. And I'd been doing it for decades, not even realizing it, and it hadn't been working. I needed a different way. Because I didn't think I'd come up with a cure for cancer in my lifetime, and it probably wouldn't have done the trick anyways, as far as my belief system was concerned, as far as satisfying that voice in my head. I needed a different way to, sat to shatter these false self-images that I had. A few more days went on. And I sat with this belief that I wasn't good enough. And I watched my mind try to come up with ways, the voice in my head, to give me a criteria of what was good enough. Except this time, while it continued to do that, I didn't believe it. I thought I'd been down that road. 
trying to satisfy that voice in my head doesn't get me there. It's just going to raise the bar higher. And I tried to imagine what I could do, and I couldn't come up with anything. It was like I was in this puzzle, and I couldn't find the way to solve the puzzle of my belief systems and changing what I believed about myself. The ways that I had learned about being a success in order to feel good about yourself were not working to satisfy the voice in my head, which was the real issue, which was what it would really take. And I realized there was nothing that was going to satisfy that voice in my head. And so here I was with a puzzle I couldn't solve, which, of course, meant I wasn't good enough, so it added to that belief. And as I sat with this and tried to find the way out, more and more I surrendered to it, that maybe I don't have an answer. Maybe there is no answer. Maybe this is what my destiny is for my life, to be not good enough. Maybe I'll never solve this puzzle the rest of my life. And I started to wonder to myself, what would that be like? What would it be like to really accept that I wasn't good enough, to know that that's what I believed about myself, but to just accept it and say, you know what, that's okay. I'm not good enough, and that's the way I am. And go on and live my life. What would my life be like if I did that? And so I dreamed going back home with this realization and this awareness about myself and going on about my day in the world and going back to work and interacting with friends and family. And I imagine doing this with an incredible peace and calm. Like, what is this? I'm resigned to the fact that I'm not good enough and I'm feeling better and more relaxed in my life. And there was a realization that I was no longer trying to impress anybody. I was no longer trying to prove anything to anybody else. I was no longer trying to satisfy the voice in my head. I didn't have to struggle to get recognition. I no longer had to prove and try to be good enough. I would no longer have to do the 100-hour-a-week job to try and satisfy somebody else so they'd give me the gold star so then I'd feel better because I wasn't chasing that anymore. And I saw my life becoming easy and a life where I could do what I wanted to do and enjoy it the way I wanted to enjoy it without this stress of trying to be good enough. And it was such a relief. It was such a freedom to not have that need to satisfy the voice in my head and that image of perfection and chase those illusions. It was such a relief. It was liberating to be free of that pressure. I felt the euphoria. I'm like, it's more fun not being good enough. 
it's more enjoyable not having that pressure. And then what happened is I could see this whole box of this I'm good enough dream. And in that box, I'm good enough, I saw that I made the box smaller and smaller and smaller, meaning it was tighter and tighter and tighter. It was harder to get into that box. It was harder to fit myself in there. You know, Because it's a very narrow passage to come up with a cure for cancer or become an astronaut or uh, satisfy everybody else around you and make everybody else happy and get their recognition and approval. That was so confining that getting myself to exist or live in that good enough box was such an impossibly small place to get into that as I got closer and closer to it, I found out I didn't fit. And at the same time, what I did notice was there was another box. And that box was the I'm not good enough box. And as good enough became smaller and smaller, the not good enough became bigger and bigger. And there was more and more room to play in that I'm not good enough box because everything else was available to me as not good enough. Just about everything fit into the not good enough box. And there was a lot of room to play and do as I wished. And not having to live to other people's criteria and expectations. And not even having to live to the expectations and criteria of image of perfection in my own mind, that one looks like a lot more freedom to me, a lot more opportunity to enjoy my life. Not good enough was a very freeing and liberating place to be. It wasn't a trap when I accepted it. And as I explored this other box, another awareness occurred to me, another epiphany. And that was, this is just a box. What is this box made of? And I stepped back and I looked at these two boxes side to side, and there was this moving line, this bar between what's good enough and what's not good enough. And I kept trying to be in the good enough box and not be in the not good enough box. And found out there was a whole lot more room to play in the I'm not good enough box. But then I saw that as a box too. And together, good enough and what's not good enough. It's one big box of duality. And duality made up of a conceptual idea. What is good enough and what's not good enough? Those are conceptual ideas. And that being in either side of that box was trapping myself within a conceptual idea in my imagination. These are just word descriptions that then I create images in my mind and say, now I'm that or I'm that. And I put myself in these tiny little boxes of descriptions made of conceptual ideas, self-images made of stories that creates emotions that I probably don't even enjoy. 
that then drive my behavior, that I have to live according to what is good enough, where I'm going to feel my about myself according to what's not good enough. Based on these things called conceptual ideas that don't exist in a reality, but only exist in a virtual reality of my imagination. I'm like, why would I want to trap myself in a virtual reality concept in my imagination? Why would I put myself in a conceptual box? That's pretty silly. You see, I was trying to answer the question, am I good enough? Or am I not good enough? Or how do I become good enough and how do I avoid being not good enough? Not realizing? Those questions were based in conceptual ideas that have no reality. What's a good enough? Somebody show me one. What's a not good enough? Somebody show me one. They don't exist. We can describe them in our imagination, but they don't exist. We dream them up. And those dreams can run our life if we don't have the awareness to step out of them. And that's the way I've been living. Without any awareness. And when I saw that game of duality that I had been playing, I stepped out of both boxes. And I no longer describe myself as being good enough or not being good enough. I no longer have, I no longer believe those images that I have in my mind as somebody who's good enough or somebody who's not good enough as being me. Those are two characters that I put in imaginary boxes made of conceptual ideas. Now, I'm not those characters that live in those imaginary boxes. I'm the one that creates those characters in my imagination. I'm the one that creates the imaginary boxes of good enough and not good enough. And I'm the one that can shift my point of view to believing that one of those characters is me. I'm pretty talented at that. And I can believe it or not believe it. But I'm not those characters, even if I believe I am. I'm not those low self-images, and I'm not those high ego images either. I might believe in the illusion, but they're not me. And I certainly don't believe them anymore. And that is real freedom that comes with awareness of what happens when you get a hold of your attention and step outside the illusions in your mind. No longer live in a duality of conceptual ideas. And instead, go enjoy your life and be happy. And leave the impossible puzzle game of good enough and not good enough behind. Because the only way to win that game is to not play. Go enjoy your life. And for practical ways how to identify and change these core beliefs at the heart of our emotional drama, 
You can log on to my self-mastery course on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. The book MindWorks is available at your online retailers like Kindle, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from the website pathwaytohappiness.com.